Hey, longtime listeners, it is Shades here with you just to remind you that we will be back with a brand new midstream next week. And then the following week after that, we will have this year's 2020 Halloween spooktacular episode. Guys, I am really excited about this. I have been lobbying for it since we started doing Halloween episodes. Uh, thank you so much for continuing to listen. Thank you so much for sticking with us through this pandemic. We hope that you are safe. We hope that you are healthy. We hope that you still have some of your sanity intact. Um, if you want to take a more active role in shaping the future of this show and participating in the conversation, you can, of course, head over to patreon.com slash shades and sketch, where we are uh, uploading exclusive content there for you. And uh, pretty soon there will be even more exclusive content there, as well as the Geeking Out Kids Club for adults who are still basically children at heart. Okay, enough out of me. On with this week's rebroadcast of Stranger Things. Guys, this was such a crazy episode to record. It was so fun. Not only is it a Stranger Things redux uh, through season two, but it's also a great history of shades and sketch episode. Uh, so without any further ado, uh, here it is. Oh, hello. I'm Sketch. And I'm Shades. This is Geeking, Geeking Out, Out with, with Shades, Shades and, and Sketch. Welcome back. Every episode we bring our GoCo, our Geeking Out Command Outpost, to a new corner in the multiverse. Perfect. And yeah. this... This week... Guys, we got a gig woo! this week. We're kind of multitasking. We are... Of course, talking to you guys, our longtime listeners. But at the same time, we are... We are also guest DJing yeah. the Hawkins Middle School Snowball 1984. Woo! Hey! Look at all those young ones out there dancing and shimmying and just experiencing youth. Being awkward. <laughs> Being awkward, sure. Being awkward. 1984. Yeah. I was born in 1984. I was, I was not born in 1984. Well, uh, that but must be... But I also don't remember it, so... So it's the same. Same thing. Uh, same that must mean if we're in Hawkins. That means we're talking about Stranger, Stranger things. things. Do we have, have a theme yeah. song this week? It was close. Okay, so Stranger Things. Thank you, Steve. A Netflix, a Netflix original series. Mm. Uh, is this our first Netflix original series? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I believe it is. I can't think of another one. So, uh, yeah, our first Netflix original series. Yeah. Going, coming in strong. Very. With our Netflix original series. So, uh, before we get any further... Spoilers abound Spoilers for, for Stranger Things, Stranger Things season one, one and two. two. And basically all elements of 1980s pop culture. Wait, can you spoil a decade? Video games. A past a decade? Movies, <laughs> possibly anime, television shows, sure. Stephen King movies. Sure. In a lot of ways, Stranger Things is a, is a love letter to the 1980s. And so and, and, we uh, are going to have to discuss the it. horror suspense genre. Mm-hmm. 
also adolescence. Spoilers for adolescence. Spoilers for adolescence. If you haven't gone through adolescence yet, spoilers for you might want to pause the episode until you go through adolescence. If you are not yet through puberty, you want to pause this episode. I am uncomfortable if there are prepubescent people (laughs) listening to our podcast. If you have never had your heart broken, pause this episode. And then come back. <laughs> Wait to get your heart broken. <laughs> wow. This episode um, is starting woo. dark. Oh. If you have never played Dungeons and Dragons, spoilers abound. Or seen Ghostbusters. Or seen Ghostbusters. Or been the product of a unholy union <laughs> interdimensional <laughs> being and uh exactly a batshit crazy suburban house mom. Was she crazy first? She was batshit crazy. Okay. Just making sure. That is how uh, not to get too too far into it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that is very strong. Um, My tea? Yeah, your tea this is, is just tea. Very strong. Guys, I'm drinking tea and I'm in a school, so obviously it's Ooh. just tea. It's just tea. It's very strong. Um, smell it all the way from here. Mm, it's good tea, though. Maple. Maple tea. Maple tea. Um, yeah. Joyce, Joyce uh, Byers. Great character. Probably the, probably the best parent on the show. Oh, wait. I was I talking about Eleven's mother. Oh, I didn't know she was crazy before it all happened. I thought that was the unholy union you were talking about. Oh, maybe. Anyway, let's get into uh, anywho. Start unpacking this gift. Let's call it a gift. It is from Netflix. Netflix and the Duffer Brothers. Um, little backstory. Of course, sure. Our longtime listeners have grown to expect some shades backstory. Stranger Things is uh, created and written by Matt and Ross Duffer, known uh, respectively professionally as the Duffer Brothers. In early 2015, after working on an episode of Wayward Pines with M. Night Shyamalan. I didn't know that. Well, now you do. Uh, and they they had wanted to do a movie, but after working with Shyamalan and, and kind of bouncing some ideas off of him, uh, felt that they could they could be showrunners, that they could they could do this, they could write it. Um, originally known as Montauk, uh, it was to take place there on Montauk. Um, but due to it doubling as uh, Amity Island in, in Jaws, mm. or Amity, I'm picturing this, and I'm I'm thinking how that would have changed the show. Yeah, I'm kind of digging it. Yeah, and uh, they later moved it to a fictional town so that they could have uh, greater control over the environment. Wait, Hawkins is in a real town? It is not a real town. Uh, Hawkins we is go- the outskirts where, of. Where the fuck are we? <laughs> uh, we are we are traveling the multiverse. <laughs> Uh, Hawkins is the outskirts of Atlanta. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, they film a lot of stuff they in do. Georgia. So, yeah. So, Hawkins is actually the outskirts and abandoned places around Atlanta, Georgia. Which, interesting. Very which interesting. Really, uh, one of my raves, I have to, uh, you know. We're not there we're yet. Not there is really going to, I'm even more impressed now. Yeah, with, by what they with, did. Uh, with, by what they've done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, originally called Montauk, it, uh, Neither of them are really crazy about the title Stranger Things because um, they think it's a little too close to um, Stephen King. Do you know where it came from? Yeah, it's it's specifically referencing a Stephen King short story, although which one escapes me at the moment. Hmm. Okay. Um, also, the opening credits are almost a direct rip on that or a love letter on that. Mm-hmm. An homage. Yeah. So, uh, season, season one, um, of Stranger, I've, Things. Of straight, of Stranger Things, I've, um, I've kind of grabbed, cherry picked some, uh, some titles 
that you may have seen, or if you haven't seen them, they will help you understand the show better. Season one sure. is, um, you know, so if you're, if you're trying to understand what Stranger Things is and you haven't seen it, think Stand By Me meets It meets Elf and Lied. Or Elf and Lead, however you pronounce it. Lead. Elf, Elf and Lead. Yeah. Uh, that's a good way to put it, actually. Season yeah. two. Season two is uh, Exorcist meets My Girl meets Goonies. Exorcist meets my... Yep. Checks out. The math. The math works. <laughs> yeah, it is. Thank you. Do you want to give any more of a synopsis than that? Um, no. No. I okay. don't. Uh, yes. I mean, I, we, we should. Um... This is a show, though, and like, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, don't don't listen to this episode until you've seen it. Sure, we're we're gonna ruin a lot. We are, and so it's the, the things that would, if you knew ahead of time, would really detract from your sure experience. So, and, and no real spoilers here. It's uh, the premise follows the residents of Hawkins, Indiana, in 1983, where a secret government lab. Uh, tied to the MK Ultra project of the 1960s, has set in motion a string of paranormal events that leads to the disappearance of many residents, including 12-year-old Will Byers. Um, think Twin Peaks meets Stand By Me meets Elf and Lead, set against the backdrop of 1980s Red Dawn. Perfect. Thank you. I've seen two of those things. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think it's perfect. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Do you want to go right into um, so, how the show plays out? Do you want to... Sketch, what is your... It, it would be... We usually ask what our, our experience with... with right, a, because a most is, things are based is. on previous properties. As this is... You know, it's based in other properties. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to... I'd like to switch this episode up. Sure, let's switch it up. How closely... <laughs> How closely mm-hmm. does Stranger Things? One of the great things about this show is, if you grew up in this era, mm-hmm. era, late seventies, eighties, early nineties, mm-hmm. this is going to tug on the heartstrings of your adolescence and childhood experience. Sure. How closely, minus the paranormal, minus like the missing friend. I can't how, talk about my missing friend. Oh, uh, you could if that that happened. That's terrible. And paranormal Sorry. activity. Um, how closely does the adolescent experience of our core group members? Mm-hmm. Are we my, talking just the boys? Yeah. Well, yeah. Or the high school students too. Uh, you can do the high school students. How closely does this mirror your adolescent life? Okay. To early teens. Like so, middle, middle school to high school. So I was born in '84. Uh, so I was born right when this would have happened. So I would mm-hmm. not have been at the age of those boys right. when this was happening. But so I grew up. I was about their age in the early '90s. Right. Right. So like, which would, is still very similar. The world today is very different. So they're they're in the in season one. They're in seventh grade, mm-hmm. uh, and we would have been in seventh grade in 1997. So late nineties, late nineties, but still, and I think this is a, I think this is an important uh, distinction. A pre-internet youth, yes, I think that is kind of the biggest thing that keeps us internet youth. Apart. Not that and we're like old pre, fogies that are pre-cell phone youth. We've been pretty anti-internet um, lately. We have <laughs> coming down hard on the internets. Um, okay, so how does the Stranger Things uh, idea of 
boyhood and adolescence fit into my experience so, of the same yeah. thing? Parts of it mirror it very closely. At what parts? The parts of um, kind of this group of friends. Not that I had three friends, but, but neighborhood friends mm-hmm. who you would get together with. You would ride your bikes to each other's houses. You would talk via walkie-talkies. Sure. Um, you'd go on you know, little adventures that were all within biking distance mm-hmm. of, of your home base. Um, I was not as geeky mm-hmm. as I wish I had been looking back. Um, I was just kind of your normal run-of-the-mill average kid. We we definitely, around the neighborhood, we had tree forts, like Will has his... Right, castle buyers. And... Uh, you know, there were definitely fantasy imagination games being played, but we never like D and D. Was your uh, house the hangout? No, we didn't have any like one specific hangout. Okay, we we really, I mean, outside was our hangout, right? Not to not to be like that guy. It's like kids these days don't right. go outside. Well, I but, mean, I've been I've been to your childhood home. Yes, it's in like a crazy development. It was real creepy. With, it's not a development. It's just a classic old neighborhood. Well, I'm uh, uh, sorry. Neighborhood, but like yeah, houses pretty close together. There is legitimately pretty a castle in the backdrop of your your adolescence. There, there is. I mean, I I don't think that's very typical it's of a not. lot of people. But yes, there is a castle, an actual real life castle. Yes, if you want to hear more about that castle, you can listen to Hidden Histories with, with Tim Hoshi. Uh, Tim Hoshi, yeah, the episode I uh, I co-hosted. But um, uh, so you know, a lot. I don't want to say like a lot of stuff in the woods but there was a good deal of stuff, you sure. know, like in the forest right. of the woods, it's, yep. where, it's where you'd play and down by the water. Cause I live on a river. Um, so that part of strange things resonated right. with me, the kind of childhood adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, not so much like the eighties pop culture. Right. And, and like the video games, I feel like I didn't start playing. I guess I was playing Nintendo by then, but I never really went to arcades cause there were none. Near me, um, I didn't, uh, you know, play high fantasy games like D and didn't really read comic books yet at that time, uh, so I was kind of removed from that aspect of their world. But I had like the childhood part, sure, of their world, and also I would also say like the the idea of high school mm-hmm. and like how high school was sure. depicted. Sure. Even though I wasn't a high schooler, mm-hmm. that's like how I imagined high school was going to be. Sure. You know what I mean? And so, um, even though I can't tell for sure if that's what it was actually like back then, I can tell, I can say that that is what I expected it to be. Right. Um, that was your hope during that. Time. That was your fantasy. Yeah. Of high but, school. but then, you know, then I get to high school and people have cell phones and, and, right. and the internet and, you know, the world kind of changes a little bit for growing up. Right. When, when the world gets close close like that through, and, through technology. And 1997 really is the tipping point for all of that. Yeah, I mean, I remember like we got internet the, yeah. for the first time in 98. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so it really changes. It does. Childhood, which is why it's so important that this story is set when, right. it, when it is set. What about you? What were your mirrors? Um, exact opposite, actually. Um, no friends. Uh, well, no I mean, adventures. You've, you've seen where I, I grew up. It's true. Um, I, a main, main street Yep. No, no neighborhood. Not like qu- not like quaint Main Street, USA. But no, like, 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 a, like a busy, busy road. Yes. Road where hundreds of it would be unsafe. Thousands of cars drive for your by parents every day. to let you. Yeah. Uh, so, um, didn't didn't grow up um, in an, in a neighborhood with with kids. So I didn't have like that 
neighborhood experience of dry, of riding bikes mm-hmm. or, or talking to people on walkie-talkies. Um, my bike was my life back then. Yeah, no, I didn't. My, my bike didn't really become valuable to me. Had one, but like didn't become a part of my life until I was living in Worcester. Mm. Um, after we graduated from college. Um, I, I will say like that there's, I have this very romantic idea of like having that core group of friends mm-hmm. that like you tool around the neighborhood with and like, and often feel like I missed something mm. um, and would say I didn't have that experience until I got to high school mm-hmm. and, and had a car and could leave. I went to, I went to regional schools. My parents sent me to Catholic schools, So I didn't even have the experience of like going to school in a town or kids that, you know, other kids that I lived around went to school. Mm-hmm. So I would spend all day with people from other parts of the state of Rhode Island um, and then go home. And until I was, yeah, and until you, would, I got, you wouldn't have any access. To I would people. not have any access. There was no internet. There was yep. no social media. Uh, we had one phone school line. friends were literally school friends. School friends were school friends. And I didn't make, I didn't make a lot of school friends because I had no access to them right. otherwise. Right. And many of them had been going to school together for years mm-hmm. at that point. Um, so it, it's interesting looking back on that. I can like look at stranger things and say like, I really missed something as a child. So that's interesting. So you have the experience of, we're like getting real personal. And deep we are. Long term listeners are going to learn about Shades and Sketch this yeah. episode. Um, so it's funny, you you have the idea of like uh, looking at this in almost like a romantic sense. Not, oh, yeah. Not like a, a love romantic, right, right, but right, like right. a romanticized version of, uh, of childhood. childhood. Yeah. And I look at it in like, yep. That was that was childhood. <laughs> yeah, that, like, yeah, it was in like a lot we, of there ways was like a, that. There was an arcade right down the street from my house and yeah. I spent many an afternoon there. After, yeah. Like, I my parents and grandparents were really cool in the fact that they would drive me to the arcade even though I couldn't get in on my own um, because the world had changed at that point and you had to be like 16 to enter the arcade by yourself wow. they would bring me to the arcade and they would like sit in the corner and just let me you know play until I was out of allowance money that's cool it was but it was also it was also solitary and I didn't make arcade friends because they were all ridiculously older than me and so like, we all had pros and cons yeah so like there were a lot of things like I could identify us. with in Stranger Things but mm-hmm. I would say I identified more with the the teenagers mm-hmm. and or the adults like if I think about it like which character do I love the most we going right into that right now let's go right into that sure I would say Dustin like I wish I was Dustin okay so you're looking at it from a because I had that geek experience, right? Like, I, I, and so you like that he had like the geek the group cultures. friends, yes. that he could enjoy this with, right? So like I had comic books and video games and movies and stuff like so I had, but I didn't have anyone to share it with. Yeah. Um. So like, if and I now you have at, a whole army of long, I have listeners. a whole army of long time listeners. Thank you, long time listeners. You're you're um, filling that hole in Shades' heart. Yeah. Um. So like when I look at it, like I I like maybe I. Which character would I enjoy the most? Probably Dustin. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, which character does my story probably uh, mirror more? Probably a little bit of Billy and a little bit of Steve, if I'm honest with myself. Oof, Oof boy. Yeah. Okay. Like, um, and not like the emotional and physical abuse of Billy, mm-hmm. but like loner Billy. Uh, I changed schools about six times when I was a kid. I would like wow. two different element, three different elementary schools. And then uh, middle school and high school. Wow. So like five schools before the time I was 15. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. 
yeah, I was. Uh, so it was like I only switched I schools when it was like always the new kid in school. Wow. Always. Um, Were you a real dick, like Billy? Well, no, but you just, you know, it, it has an effect on you. Like you, it, the, by the third time I changed schools, I stopped trying to make friends. Yeah. Like, what was the point? Yeah. So, like, what was what was Billy's outfit, outlet like? Working out, being a jock, mm. and like his car. Cool car. Cool yeah. car. Uh, and then after I, you know, solidified in a school. And smoking like a chimney. But but like Steve of like, you think you're something, but you're really something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and his like, his character arc. So like, if I look back at my own experience, it was probably like a hybrid of constantly being the new kid mm-hmm. um, and or l- trying to facilitate a role because you think that's the role you're supposed to play mm. when you're really something that you're not. I mean, to the point, where like when Steve first shows up in in the series, mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, did they steal like a picture of me when I was nineteen and and create this character? Guys, if you're just tuning in, this is like real, like so, this yeah. therapy hour. It is with Shades so, of Sketch, and, and that's the point of this show. Mm-hmm. So, like, what what would you say if you had like looked at the show? What character would you say that you most closely represent resembled? <sighs> Popper, of course. I mean, I love Hopper. He's I love, my, I he's love my Hopper. favorite I know character. Yeah, he's my favorite. Uh, character. I don't. I don't. Um, I I hold no ideas Jim in Hopper, my head that I'm you. anything like Hopper. grizzled Vietnam vet and all around badass. Yeah, that's also smokes like a chimney. Yeah, um, and, and I would say drowning in alcohol. <laughs> I would say probably Mike. Mike. Yeah. Um. Because Mike, of all of them, I think you could argue like fixated the most. Yeah. On Will in yep. season one, and then and then uh, eleven in season two. Not like the leader of his group, right? You know, but well, in season two, he's not really the leader. Yeah, not of his at group. all. Yeah, because he's too he's too involved. But a key player. Yeah. In his group, I mean, my I would say my group really resembled their group in mm-hmm. that. There wasn't like the head honcho and the underlings. It was it right. was just like a democracy, of, right? Of children. Um, and he also seems democracy, to be real Lord of the Flies experience. Yes, it also seems to me that Mike. I don't know for whatever reason. I also had his haircut for, <laughs> that'll, that'll for, do a, it. for a long time, uh, for too long of a time. I had that haircut, and I um, had that haircut when I met you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, no, I changed haircuts in, in high school. I remember oh, okay. very, very specifically. Uh, very big turning point in my life. Um, I mean, but also, also, I see myself in in Will a lot too. Okay, so I'm like between Mike and Will. Abducted a lot as a child. Yeah, and, I was and abducted abused. a lot. Possessed um, by a smoke monster. Yeah, that happened every other month. Yeah. Uh, I would I would vomit slugs, speaking in tongues. Um, my <laughs> mother does not listen to geeking. <laughs> so I will be honest when I say that Will's mother more closely resembles my mother Ooh. than uh, than. Uh, uh, Mike's mother. I forget what Mike's mother's your, name was. Your mother is a lovely woman, and now I feel very awkward that I describe Joyce Byers as batshit. No, no, but Joyce I mean, Byers. obviously my mom is crazy, but when... Uh, when uh, uh, Helicopter mom. A helicopter mom. Yeah. Uh, 
and Joyce had every reason to be because Will went missing and she kind of lost it. My mom kind of treated us like we could go missing yeah. at any time. Also had a helicopter, have a helicopter mother. Yes. Still. Yeah. Uh, love my mother. Also so, does not listen to geeking out with Shays and Sketch. Uh, we got to change that. Yeah. We got to get them to be long-term listeners um, after this episode. Uh, so I think I was like a combo of Mike and Will. Will also seems a little more reserved mm. and, and a little more drawn back. I mean, we, we, we really didn't see much of him before all the shit that happened to him. Yeah. So it's hard to tell if, if that was a result of his experience or if he was always naturally the, like the more reserved of the group. Sure. But I definitely, I feel like I had the reserved kind of, um, you know, right. Personality. I, I but I, I find Will to be um, like his perseverance, uh, like to survive season one. I don't yeah. think I would have had that. Whereas like Mike's dedication to his friend that I right, identify right, more right, with right. that. Yeah. And I would like the actor who plays Will is fantastic mm-hmm. um, to be able to like convey that terror. Yeah. Um, and that that longingness and that uh, like he's he's able to convey like that he's very forlorn. Yeah. The funny thing about Stranger Things is that I I don't like horror at all. It's more suspense about than horror. Yeah, but I and that's what I hate even more. Oh, okay. Than, than horror, but I still got I still really got into it. Sure. Uh, because it it goes beyond um, just suspense and horror. Elise, my wife, not a fan of horror or suspense. Oh, I thought you were going to say not a fan of geeking out. With um, sketch. Yeah, not a long time listener. Whoa, she is very supportive of the show financially. Um. <laughs> Helping us get GoCo all these places. Today's uh, episode brought to you by Elise Arsenault. Perfect. Uh, yeah, uh, what was I saying? Not a fan of, of the genre at all. Yeah. Uh, watched one episode and got hooked. And yeah, uh, I, 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 was, I was watching season two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, let's go back and watch episode one and, and see if... I was very similar. Like it. It, it came and, and I was like, no, thank you. But right. then people like you and, and other people told me, no, 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 try the it. whole series, yeah. one and two. Yeah, I watched all of season one probably within a week and season two within three days. Cool. Yeah. So uh, do you want to do this overall or by season? I'd rather do it overall. Sure. Because unlike you, I did not rewatch season okay. one. Um, so should we just get into... Rants and raves and, and scores and, and IMDb's scores? and Rotten Tomatoes should and all that stuff? start with the scores? Of course, let's start with the scores. IMDb. Change it up. A nine out of ten. Rotten Tomatoes, a Whoa. 94%. Whoa. 96% of Google reviewers love Stranger Things. We're not shocking anybody here. I mean, the fandom is huge. Everyone loves it. Shades of Geeking Out with Shades and oh, Sketch. Oh, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Gives Stranger Things mm-hmm. our very first. Oh, boy. Perfect. Whoa. 100%. Oh my Whoa. gosh. Sound the horns. Woo. Wow. That's uh that is high praise. I have that is the highest of praise. Zero rants. Spoilers. For stranger things. Wow. I love this show for the nostalgia, for the narrative storytelling, um, for the I think you just shared with us too that is, it really hits like what you wish. It is a perfect example of what hole. film and media and, and storytelling mm-hmm. can do. All right, so listen up, producers. Yeah. If you want a perfect hundred from Shades of Sketch, you, you have to find one of Shades' holes and fill it. 
Wow. Sketch. We're getting deep. Wow. We're getting deep. Um, my score. Sketch. For, for Stranger Things. out with Shades of Sketch. Uh, I am certainly up there. I thought it was absolutely wonderful. There's very little I can fault it on. I have a, I have a slight rant, which we'll get to later. So I cannot give it a, a perfect hundred. Okay. But, you know, if we both did, it would really belittle oh, the score. Yeah. But I'm going to give it a 97. Wow. That's rave. That is your highest score. Probably is. It is. Today. I can't fault the show for like almost anything. I think it's really well done. Uh, so if you're doing the math at home, let me help you. That's 3% rant. It's a minor, minor rant. But we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit because I think we should talk about the raves first. I'm with you. You want to start a I'm I'm going to bounce back and forth between Raves and Big Quest. Season one and season two. Oh, go two. ahead. I'm going to um, treat it would, all as one big thing. I would just like to say um, I talked about season one, what it what it was, and season two. Season one was the you know the quest to find Will. Season two is really don't give the people what they think they want. Um, and so it embraces more of 80s pop culture and yeah. tropes. Fuck and it's you people. It's more of a love letter to 80s cinema. Um, down to like camera angles and music and recreating scenes from uh, like Ghostbusters and First Blood and Alien. It really goes that extra step. And it continues a narrative arc instead of inventing something new. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, when you put Stranger Things 1 and 2 next to each other, it tells one complete story. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't hit the Uh, reset button. Which a lot of people complained about Mm -hmm. that they didn't do something new. If if you just Why? give the people what more, they what they to, think they want, you had more to do with season one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about raves. Raves. Wow, I'm looking at your notes. I have pages of notes. And I, guys, uh, and mind, I hope you're ready for a shades heavy episode. Mind, keep in mind, I have no rants. Yeah, None of raves. these are rants. Boy, I am. Guys, settle in. It's gonna be a long episode. Get yourself a cup of tea. I'm gonna put, play another song for the little middle schoolers. Yep. Gonna make it a long one. This is, hey, sketch. Yeah. This is real music. This is real music. Absolutely. Um, my first rave. Yeah, you have more raves than me, so you should go first. My very first rave. The, sh- the whether, I don't know who did it, but the show wrote a computer program to recreate the film grain look of 1980s properties. Mm-hmm. So when I say that this is a love letter to the 1980s, it looks like it was filmed in the 1980s and, and has then sat on a shelf somewhere for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And that is just, when, when you talk about attention to detail and, and care and, and, and art, mm-hmm. it's just mind-boggling. Um, and I love that. I love the way like film and practical, like real film mm-hmm. and practical effects. Mm-hmm. I, I we talked about this with Rocketeer. that over digital effects, digital film. I will always prefer analog and practical effects. Now, season two got much more digital, but you're still okay with that? I'm still okay with that because, again, like they, they developed this technology and they applied it and it's still even though there are more digital effects, I understand why they did it. Um, season one, uh, spoiler, the monster in season one, Demogorgon, mm-hmm. uh, was a guy in a suit. Okay. Largely because they had one part-time person 
in the special effects department. And the, and the nice thing about season one is too, uh, it's you, much smaller. It is, and and you uh, almost never see you. It's it's very creature. much season one is is the Jaws shark mm-hmm. right down to it it attacks when it smells blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it you know so you you rarely see the creature uh, really until the end is yeah. the, the reveal. Uh, season two, much more digital effects. They had more elements, and and we'll get more into that. And you kind of have to, yeah, yeah. To, to to continue to be successful. Um, I'm gonna uh, yeah, I'm gonna piggyback on you uh, as I, as I, I tend to do. Um, you're right. It felt like 80s media, the way it was shot, the way it was presented. Every everything did. But what I liked about it was there was the advances that we've made technologically. We're all still there. Right. But then you kind of had this mask or this filter over it so it still brought you back. Right. So like it made the effects and the scenes that much more believable because mm-hmm. you kind of got like modern technology's way of making things look really believable but now now just like smack that into like an 80s story. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about a, a fully um, being fully immersed into this right. world. There, there is nothing uh, keeping you back from believing in this. And I'm going to piggyback right on top of that. I think we're like leapfrogging. We here. are. Um, I don't even know how to describe this. Uh, Hawkins and the recreation, the look and feel of the 1980s. I talk about this all the time when I when I tell people about the show. There, there are no fiber optic cables on telephone poles. There are no LED lights. Yeah, you really there are poor people with this. There, there are, you know, there are rotary dial and touchtone phones. There are old televisions with, with rotary dials. They've recreated like canned food and labels from the 80s. They've found vintage 80s clothes to dress the kids, which is incredibly difficult because they're growing the whole time they're doing the show. I mean, it's very noticeable in season two. Like when they all start out at the beginning of the show, um, they're all relatively the same size. And by the end of the season, they can't put Mike in the same frame as the rest of the kids because he had a growth spurt. It's adolescence, and right? Yeah, he just doesn't fit with them because these he's aren't these anymore. Yeah, and these that's that's a rape so too. These, found, these are kid actors who yeah, are good. They didn't I, get like old people. I just to want do to it. continue with this though, that they've removed every vestige of the 21st century from where they're shooting. Yeah. Uh, the the cars, the, the signs, the furniture, the, the you know the technology. They they found vintage walkie talkies. They found uh, vintage toys. They found vintage lamps. They found vintage televisions. And when they can't find something vintage, they they re-engineer it. Like the, the Farrah Fawcett hairspray mm. um, in season two. Like that's a real product. You can find pictures of it. And someone had to painstakingly recreate that can and label. Uh, it's just, it's unbelievable what they've done to recreate this time and 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 place in history. It is very amazing. There's, you know, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I did read of one thing that they got a little wrong. I know what it is. What you can say it. No, what is it? You'd say it. Say the, it. the Lego. The Lego. The Lego. Yeah. But that's so minor, it's guys. So minor and like in a a series. I was hoping it wasn't something else. The, the no, Lego, no, it's just the Lego. And if you don't know what we're talking about, there's a Lego set, and it has a specific color of Lego that wasn't right. wasn't uh, released until like 1987. Right. Like guys, that's anal. Why'd you even bring it up? Why would listeners? you even? You know what? You know what? Internet, 
Can you please just appreciate something? Oh, the internet. Oh, just, I don't, it doesn't matter what it is, internet. Just please appreciate something. This is a double-edged sword, though, with the internet, because this is a show that I think the internet really, really does like. I do, and, I do and too. so yeah. that it really does help it. Um, do, you have a, do you have another rave? Um, that was your rave. I, have, I oh, haven't sorry, done a yeah. single rave yet. <laughs> uh, hi, long-time listeners. This is Sketch making my first appearance on this episode. Cool. Uh, <laughs> we're here too. Um, hey, guys. let's talk about the upside down and the monsters yeah. and the creatures. Not just the way it looks, because we already went into that a little bit. What I want to rave about here is how it is explained. So good. Slash not explained. One of my raves. Okay, good. Well, can I have this one? Yes. Or do you want to just take no, it? No, it's yours. And I'll come back in at Go the end to it. say goodbye. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I love tea. how this is... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spin another song while you... Uh, okay. Uh, wait, wait. Um, this is told from the point of view mainly of these, these children, these boys, right? Here's a tune by the clay. Enjoy. <laughs> That's the Shades radio voice that is creeping in your ears. Um, so we never really learn much of anything of what the Upside Down is and what these creatures are and stuff like that. And which is great. I'm glad we don't learn that much about them. So, you know, we call it the Demigorgon. Um, we call it the Mind Flayer. Because these are all terms that they know based on their D&D. D&D. Yeah. So that they're trying to make sense of it. Right. And, and they're taking attributes that they see and they're matching them to attributes right. of uh, D&D creatures that they know. In the and it s- just works so well. In the script, it is called the Nether. And I love that they never reference it as the nether in the show because that really does speak to what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, this comes from children. I mean, our labels, our labels of it come from children. It's not like, uh, you know, the creature is is literally a demigorgon. Right. And they're like, that's a demigorgon. No, they're assigning their kid knowledge base of Dungeons and Dragons to the attributes of this thing. And... I'm using the demigorgon as the example, but basically every kind of unexplained thing that they come across, they relate it to in in that way. And when they have to explain it to adults, <laughs> it's great because to the kids, like it makes complete sense. And to us, how, the audience, how do, you, how do you defeat the mind flare? Do you throw a fireball at it or something? No, yeah. no, you raise an army of uh, undead zombies because the mind flare feeds on brains, and zombies don't have brain. Uh, do, I, I don't know. It's it's just a game. So, like it's just a game. But it makes like so much sense <laughs> to them, which is great because for the adults involved in this, Hopper and Joyce, and even the high school students, they are so out of their depth. They're that clueless. This sounds plausible. There's no way right. to explain right, what they right, are right. seeing. The kids have a way to explain it that at least gives them something tangible to grasp onto. And it's because they're still kids. Yeah, their imaginations are still intact. Absolutely, in the world that they live. And in. not to again be anti-internet and cell phones and all that but like we would we would sit there searching on our cell phones for exactly has anyone else seen and we would, this and we, we would go be, to forums we would and, be dead yeah they are uh, they're using what's at their disposal and one of the things at their disposal is their D&D imagination manual and their manual and their um, yeah their imagination their imagination I'm gonna do good audio I'm making the imagination sign in my hand it's great audio there's a rainbow makes great audio I'll piggyback off of that to the actual explanation that uh, their their um, science teacher gives them of what the upside down is um, and and how this all happens of like somehow the U.S. government rips an interdimensional portal mm-hmm. and what I so 
they explain it as like there's the tightrope walker and we're the tightrope walker and we can go forward or backwards on the tightrope. Mm -hmm. And then there's the flea and the flea can move forwards and backwards. It can move uh, up and down Mm -hmm. or it can move horizontally back and forth. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to get from point, we can only go forward and backwards, but the flea can travel wherever it wants. And so... Like, I will dem- make great audio again. Here we go. Like, what is the upside down? Oh, when you okay. travel through dimensions, uh-huh. what you're actually doing is folding reality Whoa, in on itself. Look at that. And then punching a hole through it. Oh, interesting. So, the upside, what is the upside down? Uh-huh. It's the space between the two holes. Space between. It's the space between the two sides of the portal. Uh-huh. So, a lot of holes in this episode. Similar to if you've seen Event Horizon. I have not. Event Horizon. Uh, they explain like warp drive and travel. It's not warp drive. Well, you have you so rip, many visuals. You rip a hole in the fabric of reality, and yeah. one side it's the TARDIS. Okay. The tar- the interior of the TARDIS doesn't move. The door moves. Yeah. And like when you go in one door, you go you transport it to another place. Uh-huh. So the the upside down is the in between. All right. So Shades, you didn't see it, but Shades rolled out a, a blackboard with all this yep. information on it. You can. Oh, I gotta go spin another song. You can. And I'll wheel this away. Um. So you piggybacked on my rave. Should I, should I take and it? now an uplifting tune from the police. Oh, it, it, long-time listeners, does it make you shiver as much as it makes me shiver? Um, can I, I do another rave? Partner and dance a little closer. <laughs> these, are, these are middle school kids. Oh, but it's the 80s. The 80s. That's, yeah, it's different now. Um, well, let's just talk the characters. We could talk a lot about the characters, sure. but I mean, it's it's legitimate. Is it rave? Your, your ra- who, it who is. cares? Who's who it cares? Is. Let's just keep raving. Let's just keep raving. Um, uh, the uh, characters the are characters absolutely amazing, fantastic. Every single one of them. They are the even the ones you don't like. Furthest away from a one dimensional character that yeah. you can get. Um, I, I I would like to, Nancy is a badass. Yeah, Nancy not, is a fucking badass. All right, stop challenging me. What I'm a not, great what a great character. I am not disagreeing with you. She's the uh, you know. She's kind of the, uh, you know, she's trying. She thinks she needs to be like the preppy popular girl. She's trying to find her identity, but she's just a badass. Yeah, she kills um, her friend. She she doesn't kill her friend. She kills her friend. No, she doesn't. She kills but her she friend. But she feels guilt over it. She kills her friend out she, of she, neglect. She, well, yes. She's not. She, anyway. But it motivates her. It motivates two. her. Um, but it just, you know, she's not afraid to hammer nails into a bat mm-hmm. like she was going to fight the demogorgon with a bat yeah she's like but she's you know she can fire a gun can i yeah can i ask she you a question will, about nancy she will take on the federal government yeah um and put herself into their clutches that man that reveal oh my goodness did but, you see that coming no but i did not but, see but, that wait, i got a, I got a question about nancy what a badass because i didn't rewatch season one the way you did you know in season two when they're all getting ready to fight and She's like, I can fire the gun. Yeah, yeah. Did she fire a gun in season one? Uh, in season one, yeah. she finds Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan takes his dad's gun uh-huh. out of the glove box of his car. Yeah. He's doing target practice. He can't hit anything. Uh, and Nancy, okay. Nancy's like, he's like, you want to try? Nancy, first shot, hits the can yeah, immediately. Nancy's a badass. She's yeah. a natural. She absolutely is. Um, so yes, she did fire a gun. She gets the gun in season one. To be fair. Yes. Nancy is a badass. I am yep. not arguing you on that. This property is ripe with badassery. Yeah. Oh, they're all badass. Yeah. They're, except for Mike's parents. Mike's, uh, they are the definition of. 
douchey. Mike's mother is a slut. She is holy, holy, bloody. What, what do you call that? Say, uh, that's a cougar, right? She was she after the. Uh, she was wow. after Billy. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, his she would have devoured him. His dad is a real dick, so I, I guess I don't condone cheating on your spouse, but I get it in that case. Um, uh, Billy's dad, by the way, uh, Luke Wheeler. Those of you who watch Nashville. I did not, so uh, I will we take very, your word for it. Very briefly tuned in, so we knew that character, right. and I recognized him right away. Uh, but yeah, all of our main characters are all badass. They are all I, badasses. I can't think of one of them that isn't. Um, yeah. But they're all badasses in their, in own, their own way. way. No one's right. redundant. It's, there's no redundant badassery. Right. Redundant badassery is a great name for an album. It is. Just put a pin in that. Remember that. For Copyright. Later. Maybe when we do our uh, when we do our geeking out uh, with Shades and Sketch uh, com- compendium, compendium, we'll call it um, redundant badassery. badassery. I like that. Um, There's a great web series called uh, Knights of Badassdom. Nice. Or is it badassery? I can't uh, remember. But uh, okay, so we've talked about Nancy. But let's sure before let's we move going. on, let's talk about other other characters. Um, all of the boys. I mean, I'm going to lump all, all the boys. Yeah. Because they're like a friend unit. They are. In season two, they definitely diverge. Well, and they season, have their own stories. You know, about that. Season two is dealing with personal grief. Mm-hmm. And so they are separated. Um, yeah, it's and not they a bad all, thing. They all have to deal with season one in their own way. Yeah. But they're all back together by the end. Spoilers. Oh, they're all still friends. Right. But one of the, one of the things I really liked. are changing. Yeah, one of the things I really liked, though, was that um, everybody... Every single character, I'm talking mainly about the boys, but it really applies to all of them. Every single character uh, grew. Yes. Every single person did. Yep. In, in it, season two, it branches out and everyone grows in a different way. Mm-hmm. But everyone grows because this is, at its base, it's a story about adolescence. And right. adolescence, adolescence is all about growth. Starting as one thing and changing so, through a process and coming out the other absolutely. side of something else. Every, every character grows and changes. Yeah. Um, do you, do you just want to like, just take a character sure. and talk about what makes them a badass? Okay. Let's talk about Hopper. My Hopper. favorite. My, he's, he's tied for my favorite I know, character. you have a three-way tie. I have a three-way um, tie. But you, the, your three top favorite characters are also my top favorite characters, so I mean. Why is Hopper a badass? Um, um, season one, mm-hmm. he single-handedly takes out five Hawkins Lab agents. Okay. I, I forget that, but sure. Um, when when he rescues them in the bus, mm-hmm. why else is he a badass? I'm I'm gonna. It, this kind of comes back to something we talked about. I think we talked about it in Justice League. He he is not without his faults and his he's human. and his scars. Yeah, and he's he's dealing. He's still dealing with the grief, loss of his child, the loss of his child. It hasn't destroyed him, right? It hasn't um, made him inept or useless or anything like that. And it easily could, and it would easily be justifiable, but he's moving forward with his life. You could argue that at the beginning of season one, he's just kind of like a small town cop. He's kind of coaching. Jim Hopper life. was the cool kid in high school, mm-hmm. kind of had a thing with Joyce Byers. A little bit. Uh, goes to Vietnam, mm-hmm. comes back, moves to New York, gets married, has a kid, lives there for seven years, daughter gets cancer, marriage falls apart. And now we rejoin him back in Hawkins, his hometown, his hometown, where he's kind of like come home to lick his wounds and, yeah. and be chief of police and 
badly be chief of police. Mornings are for quiet contemplation and coffee. And he... And donuts. And then all this shit starts going down. And, and he steps up to the plate. Right, because you, you, can, you can hide mm-hmm. who and what you are. Yeah. But like when the chips are down, mm-hmm. Jim Hopper's a fucking badass. Yeah. And then when you find out in season two that he is the one who has taken in Eleven. And he's hiding Eleven. And caring for her and has gone through great lengths to make sure she is because safe. Because at the end of season one, he sells her out. Yeah. He sells her out to save the kids. Mm-hmm. And, but this is what I mean. He's not without his flaws. He's not. And his faults. He did, he did the hard thing. But he's growing through them. I think also knowing that Eleven was going to murder them all. Well, there's that. There's that. <laughs> there's that. She's um, and murders. And then all. you know his kind of like his last big scene, like his big last big action scene of season two, is basically he's holding back all of the the demi dogs. Let, let me do the heavy lifting. Demi dog, of course, because demogorgon. Demogorgon. Dog. dog. And you De- put them together. Demodog. Demodog. Um, and he, whatever. He's holding back all of them with a shotgun and a handgun. So that's a metaphor. Uh, it was. It was amazing. It was an analogy. It was great. It was. It was so good. And, and I mean, all of the demodogs, all of them. He he is. It's hard to explain why he's a badass because he's a blatant badass. He is. It's it's in your face, but there you go. That's me trying to attempt. You know, to explain you know, why he's you know who he is. Who is he? He's Wolverine. Yeah, he has a little bit of Logan in him. He has some Logan in him, especially Logan from Logan. Old Man Logan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He do, he, he does do he does the hard things. Yeah. And and he will he will throw himself in harm's way absolutely um, with with little regard for himself. Now we we can't do all the characters. No, but we can this talk about the big ones forever. But um, who do you want to talk about next? Steve, what a fucking badass! Steve. Great hair. What a great what a great what a um, arc. So we meet Steve exactly because you hate Steve. You hate Steve in season. Steve one. is designed to be hated. Steve. So Billy mm-hmm. is introduced into season two because Steve was supposed to be the human yeah. antagonist. Yeah. And then, you know, they just wound up falling in love with Joe Kerr. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think Steve's awesome, Joe Kerr is just even more awesome. Oh. Um, and I would encourage you to watch Beyond Stranger Things, particularly the episode with uh, Joe, Joe Kerr and uh, Gaten Mazzario, I think is Dustin's name. Oh, okay. Um, man. Great chemistry. Great, great chemistry. Oh, that was great. They um, had great chemistry in the show. We'll talk about that. They have that great a chemistry later. in the show, and uh, it what was not it was not written into the script that that partnership. Oh, really? No, it oh, it, it evolved organically when oh, they were just like putting nice. people randomly together. That makes me happy. But okay, Steve's arc. He starts off as like the alpha jerk jock. Yeah, he's a dick. He is a dick to our characters. Um, yeah, he's kind of using Nancy. He, yeah, he's a real dick to Jonathan. Nancy is his, is his next conquest. Yes. Um, and over the course of the, of the series, mm-hmm. you see that just like Nancy was like playing a role of thought sh- who she thought she had to be, so is Steve. Yeah, absolutely. Steve's actually a pretty good guy. And by the end of the series, like I'm I'm a douchebag. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna not be a douchebag. Sometimes it's easy to overlook that. Sometimes it's it's easy to to pass off those dicks as just dicks, and and yeah. so, sometimes you know. They're kind of victims too of like yeah. the roles They're, that yeah, they feel absolutely. they need to fit absolutely. into. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I could really appreciate that. Um in, in both storytelling and uh and and you know 
we all wear masks at different parts of our life. Don't we ever. Of who we think we have to be. Um, and, and, you know, the beginning of this is he goes to the movie theater where they've spray, pan, spray painted uh, Nancy the slut mm-hmm. on, on the screen. And yeah. it, we think that's where we're going to leave Steve. Because, um, like, shit's going down. They're gearing up for the big fight. And Steve's kind of out of the game. He's, gonna, he's like, I want to help clean up. He's like, do you have anything to do with this? Like, I'd really just like to help fix this. I thought Steve was going to be, like, our, our, like, justifiable kill. Yeah, I you know what so I mean. Too. Like he's going to get killed off, and we're going to be happy. Yep. You know he's going to get his comeuppance. Right. And it's the way to show like a gruesome, horrible death. Right. But we're behind it. Yep. And then, and then couldn't be further from the truth. Oh man! So at the end of season one, Nancy and Steve have kind of broken up, and he tracks her down. He wants to apologize. Like, what are you doing? We got to get out of here. And Nancy tells him, "Just go. We're going to do this." And Steve... Yeah, Nancy is past all this high school shit drama yeah. at this point. There are bigger problems. Bigger problems. I'm, I'm past all this shit. Uh, and Steve leaves. And then he turns around. Yeah. He goes back into the house. Yeah. And he fucking fights the Demogorgon on his own. He mans up. On his own. To quote Book of Mormon. Um, Steve, over the course of the series, fights the Demogorgon. Yep. Just messes up the Demogorgon. Oh, yeah. He fights them well. Um, with a baseball bat with, with a nails With a baseball bat with nails in it. Mm-hmm. He fights four demi-dogs mm-hmm. in a junkyard. Once again, demi-dog because it's demi-gorgon. Demi-gorgon dog. dog. Dem- demi-dog. Okay, got Trademark, it. copyright, Dustin. Dustin. Mm-hmm. Um, credit where credit is due. Yeah. Uh, he fights Billy to protect the kids. Yep. He fights all of the demi-dogs again, again. In, the, in the tunnels, mm-hmm. the vines under Hawkins. Um, and I think it's important to to um, like oh my, he to make this from distinction the, here. He he is he is fighting in all of these instances that you are to protect other people, yeah. and not that's because he wants to fight. Because Billy's fighting everyone too. Oh, but he's a real dick. Billy's, Billy's fighting Billy's, everybody because he wants to hurt people. Yeah, but Steve's, Steve's fighting, fighting to protect. Well, there's this, this great moment where you know there's the we finally get the fight between Steve and Billy because Steve's. King Steve of high school, and he doesn't care about that shit anymore. He's, he's looking for his younger too. sister, and now, well, Billy's looking for his. Younger yeah, that's sister. what I meant. Sorry, Billy's like the so new the new king in town. Mm-hmm. He's like looking for his sister. They have this. Finally, they have to have this. You know, measuring contest to see who's mm-hmm. who's tougher. And Steve was messing up Billy until. Oh yeah, Billy's just fucking crazy and was going to kill Steve. Yeah. Um. So he gets knocked out and wakes up in the back seat. Not even in the back seat, because there's only two seats in the back of a, of a Camaro. You're just between the two He's kids. He's between the two kids, like, sitting on the drive shaft, yep. wakes up in a car being driven by... Another child. Another child, yep. and just, you know, loses his shit. Yeah. Justifiably so. Yeah. Um... And, you know, he's, he's told Nancy, like, we're, you know, gives this speech about how we're, how we're benched, and the coach tells you, you know, this is how we help the team, by sitting on the bench mm-hmm. and staying out of the fight. Um... But he mans up. He mans up. You know, at the end of this, they have to go down into the tunnels to, to protect the party member. You know, Nancy, you promised Nancy you'd protect us. So protect us. And he hands him his and bag with his, his bat yeah. with his bat and with the nails and sticking he, out of it. He does it. And he does. And that's just like I don't know when in the series it occurs. Old he says, Steve would have just been like, fuck it, and gotten into the fuck, Camaro and yeah, like, gone out knocked, of it. Knocked, knocked 
um, yeah. Mad Max down and taking the keys and yeah, driving away. Absolutely. And then this is like Steve at the, uh, you know, having gone through all of this stuff. But that's because Steve is a damn good babysitter. He is. I, I was, I don't remember when he says it. I was, I was a terrible boyfriend, but I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty good babysitter. Yeah. It's okay. He found his place in my, yeah. um, talking about Steve, can I bring up something? Sure. Um, this is the thing I was, I was, um, going to tell you earlier, but there is a character. Yes. In uh, the television show Parks and Recreation. Okay. I have not. Parks and Recreation is great show. I, I loved okay. it. But well, this isn't the Parks yeah, and let's, Recreation let's not, episode. Uh, go down the there is a character in that show, a minor character named Jean Ralphio. Okay. And in so many ways, Jean Ralphio is so much like Steve. Okay. I mean, he's got the hairstyle. He's kind of yep. got the cocky a- attitude of like younger, early sure. Steve. To the point where fans on the internet were start started saying, fan theory, Steve is Jean Ralphio's father because this takes place in the 80s and the time matches no. up. No. Flash forward to an interview with one of the Duffer brothers and they brought up that fan theory and, they, and he said, you know what? Jean Ralphio, or the actor who played him, was a big influence. Uh, influence. So you know what? Yes. Sure. Yes. It is. So, like, it's, it's been confirmed father. that, you know, in, awesome. in that kind of weird, funny, crazy fan way, it has been. Uh, hold on. Here's a tune from the Top and Shop. Keep your sunglasses on at night, Hawkins. Oh, boy. They are getting They're a little too close for me. Loving this. A little too close. But They're it's the great 80s. Job, it's guys. the 80s. And you know what? I was conceived in the 80s, so I got to let there it go. There you go. Um, Do we want to talk about any more characters? I mean, we've got to talk about Eleven. We have to talk about 11, but before we talk about 11, let's just, because I think we should end on 11. Okay. Um, let's just talk about Joyce. Let's give Joyce Joyce Byers the, the credit that um, she deserves. The best parent in the entire series. Okay. And I think Hopper thinks, would have been. Uh, he's not a parent but until he season was. two. Until season two. But he was. No, but he was a parent. Once mm. a parent, always a parent. His kid died. His kid died. Of the children in the series. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. She you is... You want to... Oh, out of the... She is portrayed as... Oh. We are led to believe that she is like Hawkins, white trash. Yeah, she's barely got her shit together. Barely has it together. And to be fair, she does barely have her shit together. At the beginning. By far the best parent. Yeah. And like... She goes through hell in a handbasket you know, to get her son back. She is right on the edge of poverty, yep. but doing the best she can to like... Keep, and her... You know, she's a great mom. Yep. Yeah, and then she's uh, batshit crazy, but I mean, but it works for her. But for I mean, can you blame her for going no. crazy? No, I mean, everyone was telling her her son was dead. She was right. convinced he wasn't. She had evidence, although it was batshit crazy. It was like, evidence. yeah, what her evidence could easily be explained she, away she by was talking to me through the lights. Yeah, you're crazy. But she believed the entire okay. time. I mean, it's a happy ending for Joyce because we did get Will back. Yes, if. <laughs> if we didn't, Joyce would be in a cool. mental asylum somewhere. Yes. Um, wow. So thank goodness we get Joyce back. back. Uh, we get Will back. Yeah. But and then uh, season two. Um, spoiler alert: she is not just a, a helicopter mother; she's an assault helicopter yeah. mother. She is an Apache helicopter. Yeah. And she will fuck you up. But if you once touch again, her kids. she is. You know, Will's going through some shit right yeah, now, and she's and know, she's, she's right, right there, there with him. With him. She's supporting she's him all the, yep. the whole way. Even though, you know, she's found mm-hmm. she's found love. She's found a great guy. She has found a great guy. Uh, that guy is great with her kids. Yes. Bob. Bob Newby. 
superhero. Um, Sean Astin, Rudy, Goonies. But she is Samwise Ganji. She is um, turns she's out mom first and foremost. Just give the ring to Sam. Yeah. He'll, he, just give the ring to Sam. Oh, sorry, we were talking about Joyce. Makes me sad. I know. Joyce. Anyway, so yeah, Joyce. Uh, I just want to make sure we gave Joyce enough credit because you know it did make. The, yeah, and to the and the to the extent connection. where like you know when the reveal is if you kill the mind flayer, yeah, or any of the vines mm-hmm. or the demodogs because mm-hmm. demogorgon, demodog, yeah, demogorgon dog, dog. demodog, got it. Um, you you kill Will, yeah. Joyce Byers, I want to kill it, yeah, just kill it. If Will's not in there, she made the kill it. She we're, made the tough choice. We're gonna kill this thing. And also, you know, and what, also, what she did in the cabin, like watching her son go through all that, right? For the good of her son, right? And then she's and a then stronger like, woman than I. Yeah. And then also, it is it is Nancy that like takes the poker out of the wood stove and jams it into his like. Nancy, all right, see, I'm leaning we're in. getting this thing. I'm out, leaning in for this. Getting this thing out of this kid. Enough. Nancy. And like Jonathan is useless at this point. Nancy. Nancy's a fucking badass. That was pretty nuts. It was nuts. When but it was like Nancy's like, enough, enough. We're getting this thing out of the kid and killing it. I okay. I will I won't disagree with, with you that Nancy's a badass. She is a badass. Are you 100 percent confident? That she did that to save Will, because I think she just did it because she saved Joyce at the creature. Well, it was trying to kill Joyce at that point. Well, yeah, Will, Will uh, Mind Flayer Will was. I still think choking Joyce. The hot poster, po- hot poker was coming a lot out of rage. She's pretty fed up with this thing. Yeah, um, it killed Barb. What did Jonathan do? Um, he tried situation. to stop her and started crying. <laughs> nope, we got Jonathan screaming stop. We've got to stop. Jonathan's a good character because he 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 does stand up. He does. For his brother. Yep. And for Nancy. But not a badass. He tries. He he, he does try. He is not to the level of badassery as everybody else. But what I like about John is that is easily the role, Jonathan, is easily the role they could have given to Nancy. To Nancy, yes. Um, and he plays it so well. He does. Great, great performance. I loved how they turned that on its head. I never, though, thought to myself, oh, he's a real wimp. He's a real... No, I don't think he's a wimp at all. It, it, but he he's just, incapable of everyone, separating that this is his brother. Yeah, everyone has their loves. line. Everyone yeah. has their limit. Will's his limit. And the, the girls were able to cross right. the line. They, they were a little stronger in that area yep. than he was. He, for whatever reason, I mean, you know, he's like the father. Yeah, work. he is um, in all respects. He just couldn't cross that line. I don't fault him for that. Yep. Um, all right, let's let's, let's end. I mean, there's some, there's we could so keep many about so many good. We got to talk uh, about characters, Elle. but let's talk about Elle. Let's talk about Eleven, Jane. What do you want? Jane to say about Hopper. Her? What? Like, um, just, wow. What a so uh, at the conclusion of season two, Millie Bobby Brown is thirteen. She's thirteen years old. Mm-hmm. She's thirteen years old right now. What a great actor. Yeah, um, able to do so much with you know she has very few lines. Yeah, that's all the, of her acting is in her face mm-hmm. and her and her mannerism uh, mannerism, and, and she's fantastic. And what what a, a metaphor for the 21st century that uh, the most powerful weapon in the world is a 13 year old girl. Mm. 
um, with Jedi powers. Yeah. Like the 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 most powerful weapon in sci-fi is is a 13-year-old little girl. I do like the picture of her holding up Darth Vader. And a, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And that's all over the web and I love it. Um, um the great thing about Eleven or L. Well, there's a lot of great things about her. I don't want to pigeonhole her to one thing. She can but, kill with her mind. Okay, that is great. That is up there on the list of She can of lift me in the air just things. by raising her hand. Absolutely. But um, she is still a 13-year-old girl. Right. She's been removed from She's grown up in society. isolation. Yeah, completely. Completely removed from society. But she kind of falls into this group of these boys. Right. And I don't want to say she fits right in. I mean, she's... She's she's their mage. She is, a, she is their mage. She's definitely still an odd duck. Right. But she found just the right group of guys. Right. Who's going to, you know, take her in. And she forms an attachment with them. With all of them. Yeah. I mean, specifically with Mike. But it just goes to show that, like, can't take the humanity out of something. You can't. You know? And 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 that's what makes Eleven such a hopeful character. Right. You know? Um, she's still innately good. Right. She's still innately um, looking for family. Right. You know, and connections. Where she... There's, there was no reason for her to. You know? No. And I, I have... We're not there yet, but we need to talk about episode seven of, of season two. Sure. It, that is it peppers a little bit into one of my rants. So why don't yeah. we talk about it at rants? But Which uh, we should get to rants soon. I would say everything that happened to L mm-hmm. up until episode seven of season two, mm-hmm. she was reacting to. It wasn't until episode seven where she made a choice. Oh, yeah, that was um, definitely was her being, turning point. She was being hidden. Mm-hmm. She was being ferried from place to place. Mm-hmm. She, she was, was always protected. at the, the mercy of someone else, being protected. And it's not until episode seven that she makes a decision and decides where she belongs in the world. Absolutely. And, and who she is and what her purpose is. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not disagree with you on that. And I, I feel like that was necessary. We needed that episode. Um, however much it slows down the series. Um, so that was a, a a rave for me that we finally got, you know, who is Eleven going to be? Um, and that episode where was, is her place in the world? That episode was certainly, without a doubt, my it's, least it's favorite charged, episode. Yeah. But I, it didn't take me out of the series um, or the story. No, it didn't like rip me out of it. The The issue was, okay, here are the thoughts I had during it. So I guess it did take me out a little bit. Did not like that episode much. But at the same time, I was having thoughts of, well, they need it. They do. This is necessary. So that in that in that sense, it took... Because I was thinking that during the episode. Right. Where it was starting to drag on a little bit for me. Absolutely. I wanted the boys back. I wanted Hopper back. You know, yep. I missed them. Every other episode, we had seen multiple points of view. And mm-hmm. now we're just seeing one. Which is probably my my biggest And we also we also needed that episode because... We needed to know that Eleven wasn't going to save them. Mm-hmm. So there, that whole episode takes place while they're stuck in the lab, mm-hmm. and they're being like, they're all going to die. Mm-hmm. And similar, like, is Superman going to show up and save everybody mm-hmm. in this Jesus moment? 
Like, it, is is something similar going to happen with L? And it's it's that Mike's going to die, Hopper's going to die. I can't help them. Like, I put myself in this situation, and I can't. Even if I want to help them right now, I can't. Um, the whole time I was watching that episode, it's happening simultaneously uh, to the Demodogs. Demogorgon, dog, demodog. Got it. Um, Will Will lays all of the the military guys get wiped out, wiped out from Will's trap, Mm -hmm. and and it's not Will's trap, the mind flayer's trap. But Will Will is the the Trojan horse. He felt pretty bad about it. Um, Will's Will's spy. Um, The whole time I was watching that episode, do anything. um, What I was thinking of is, and you're gonna say you're gonna say it right along with me. It was exactly like Walt Disney's Pinocchio. Beat for beat. And yeah. I know you'll agree with me. Sure. We don't even have to say anything. We don't. No, because, you know, Pinocchio. Uh, did we do a spoiler alert for Pinocchio? We did not. Okay, spoiler alert for Sorry, Pinocchio. Sorry, everybody. Pinocchio is a little wooden doll who, who, who kind of comes to life. Oh, real boy. Uh, <laughs> that's Mickey Mouse. But uh, So he falls in with a bad crowd. Yes. Right? And they uh, kind of, by it's, falling in with that bad crowd, he I was going to say it's Oliver Twist. Okay, it's sure. Also, Oliver Twist. I like Pinocchio better. Sure. Um, because you know, because I'm a real girl. Because we it's have 21st to first century. We have Pinocchio to prove whatever he wants. We have to prove that Eleven is a real, a real girl, a real girl. Yeah. Um, and this is the proof that she needs. She needs to fall in with a bad crowd. Somewhat right. a bad crowd, and then, uh, like you said, make the decision, right. take the action. She's no longer following. She's no longer reacting. Um, reacting. She is making her first choice. I mean, I guess you could say it a little bit. Maybe her first choice was to go track down her mother. Sure. But this is her um, This is her making her first choice, like a mature first right. choice. I'm going to find her mother. That, that was like, reacting that's a, to the fight with Hopper. Yeah. Like you're not you're not my you're not my dad. And it was reacting to what she I saw. I have a mom. I'm gonna go through, find my mom. Through the upside down and, and like, everything. Your, like your that. mom's a vegetable. This, you can't you, you needed that episode with eight, um, her sister, to Kali, the god of death. To be the catalyst to that. show that Eleven is her own person mm-hmm. and makes her own decisions. She's not gonna be the weapon they trained her to be. Yeah. Or the weapon that eight wants her to be. Right. And and she also had to have her Jedi training moment. She had to learn how to control her powers. And it's it's Empire. It's Luke on Dagobah. It is. How to use it is. It, it, and to it's the point where. Just yeah. as much time spent with Luke on Dagobah as L with Callie. Yeah. It's, but I mean, to the, it's, if, if you to look the at the same episode, point too, that you, the amount of time of the episode and the amount of time in Empire, it's equivalent time. Yeah. Long time listeners. So if you, if you're saying like that takes you out of the story of Stranger Things, then it sh- you should also have the same complaint of Empire Strikes Back, and Empire's only well, a two hour movie, and Stranger Things is an eight an eight hour season. It's a so I it's think much it's, less time. I think overall. it's a selfish uh, claim to say that 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 ruins it because you have to acknowledge the fact that they needed it. I don't think they, it ruins it at they all. Need, no, I'm not saying you you say that. I'm saying people. I think it, yeah, I think it, they needed it. People will say that. The yes, story did, was incomplete. Did it, it did it jar me a little bit? Sure. Did it... Um, I, I didn't care for that group, so it was hard to... I didn't either. I couldn't wait for yeah. her to leave them. Um, but at the same time, I recognized that, no, this is a storytelling device. They, they have right. to do this. But I will say I liked that 
it let you know that the story is bigger than Hawkins. Mm -hmm. And there's an eight, which means there's a seven, Mm -hmm. which means there's a six Mm -hmm. and a five and a four and a three and a two and a one. We know how numbers work. Nine and a ten. Yep. So how many others are there? Mm -hmm. Where are they? And yeah, it was a little cliche. So uh, an episode where uh, a 13-year-old girl runs away to Bon Jovi's Runaway. Yeah, okay. Like, sure. But But it's all okay. it still didn't take me out of the overall story because it was necessary. It had to happen. It did. It did. Do you want to do any more? Um, I have so many more raves. I know, but this episode will be forever. Oh my goodness! Um, I just want to say all of the the actors are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I never think of the kids as kid actors. I don't. Mm-hmm. None of them are annoying. Oh no, they're so great. They are. Um, watch Beyond Stranger Things if you haven't. I haven't yet. Will, you should because they sh- the kids all self taped. Wow. Um, to submit, it's not like they went somewhere and auditioned. They were all self tapes. Um, which is, I think, flipping awesome. Um, I did want to talk about um, season two and like the the they bring in race and uh, they touch oh, upon it. They do, and I thought it was interesting. And I wound up deciding that it was not a rant because there was this in implicit, unspoken racism of the 80s and 90s and uh and also uh discrimination like like how do i want to talk about this careful now billy yes says to max Mm -hmm. there's there's some people you don't associate with Mm -hmm. they don't hang out with and he's talking about lucas Mm -hmm. and he hates lucas he does um this is 1984 this is the first group of kids that went to, to integrated schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important. We don't ever talk about that. We don't ever think about it. Like these kids, Lucas is like the only black kid in that neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and his he's living a very like suburban life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we didn't talk about it in the eighties. We didn't even really talk about it in the nineties. We talked about tolerance, but particularly what's happening right now. I think it was very interesting to revisit that in such a small way, but it wound up being very powerful that when you, Oh wait, this is 1984. So Billy's 18 or 19 Mm -hmm. and we're, we're 18 years removed from the civil rights movement. So like he, he is the first generation that's grown up yeah. in this new world. Um, and it's not all sunshine, rainbows, and apple pie as right. as we would be led to believe looking back on the 80s now. Right. Um, and there there were a lot of like um, faggot jokes and gay jokes. Yeah, in season one. In season one mm-hmm. and also season two um, in the shower. Um, like dropping soap. He like knocks the the soap out of his hands and turns off the water on Steve. I don't remember Um, that. Oh, I do remember that. In the shower. Yeah. Um, And when I think about, when I think back about that, you're like, yeah, homosexuality, homosexuality, not okay in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. It was, it it wasn't something we talked about at all. Which is, um, and uh, like having gone to a Catholic school, like, oh yeah. Well, I also went to a Catholic school in high school. Don't even get me started. Um, Um, 
Brave New World. I'm glad they addressed it. Um, it's and important I, I'm glad to, they addressed yeah. it in a, in a way without being preachy. They like, certainly oh, were hey, never preachy about it. Oh, hey, guys, this this was a thing and still is a thing. Yeah, it was not um, it was not, all, it's not like over your head. Yeah, it didn't stop the story and turn the story into a story about this. It right. was just. You like all these 80s references. You like how true we made the 80s. Well, right. guess what? We're giving you all the 80s. Right. The 80s weren't so great. Yeah. Um, for some people. And I think it is in some small way. Um, a bit of a victory that we now in 2017 can kind of watch something like this and be like, oh, Billy's, Billy's, Billy's a racist. Billy's racist. He's dick. But then you have to step back and be like, Billy is the remnant of that that time. Like you really have to you really have to kind of look Billy's, deeper than than Billy. Billy's 18 yeah. in 1984. Mm-hmm. Well, now now Billy's 50. Yeah. Right. So you you, you it makes you make these connections. <laughs> right. Billy, like, oh shit. Yeah, like, like Billy doesn't um he's Billy's, not like a standalone. Billy's the guy who just like called me an asshole on my social media feed the other day. No, that was me. Uh, I'm sorry. Over yeah. over an issue such as this. Yeah. Uh, because because uh, he posted something super offensive, and I called him out. Over well, it. And now, the, and the now, internet and is... now Billy's fifty-two and a petulant little man-child. The uh, okay, okay, get off your soapbox for a second. My point with Billy is that hey, hey, that's right, man. I have my own podcast, and now everybody knows. Hello, and I'm Sketch Jerk. Um, let me go spin another record. Um, what was I saying? Oh. Yeah. So what's Dave important about school. Billy is Hope that enjoy this next tune. He's an example not of just like a caricature type. Caricature? No. Caricature. Character type. No, he's a real guy and you know him. Yeah. Maybe you work with him. Exactly. Maybe maybe you are him. Oh, thank you. Not you. Oh, you? Like, no, not me. Oh, okay. So yeah. They who they did who shall not be named. They address those things. Um in a very, a very smart way. In a very smart way. I almost said delicately, but then I don't want to say delicately because it wasn't delicate. It wasn't, it, it wasn't held. It was in your face. It wasn't held like this little thing. It was it was there and it made you address it. Right. And it was smart. That's the best word for it. It was. It was a smart decision. Do you, do you have any more raves? Uh, I'll do one last rave and then you can do your last 10 and then we should really move on. We'll move on. Um, my last rave is... Uh, the relationships between all of the characters, I really like, especially I'm talking season two because you take these right. established characters and now you start making new relationships, deepening other relationships. Right. Nancy and Jonathan, sure, that ended up being a romantic relationship. Sure. But it was very organic. It was... Whatever that reporter's name was. He was great. Yeah, he was wonderful. He was. Um, that is the first lie you've told me tonight. But, he, you know, their relationship that eventually ended up as a romantic relationship how it was that earned. Pull out so far. Uh, yeah, he said the pull out, and they the like spit out. out there. Anyway, uh, the relationship between Hopper and Joyce, the relationship yes. between Joyce and Bob, the relationship, the relationship between Hopper and Eleven, the the relationship between Max and the new gang, and yeah. and how she fit in with each of the individual. She creates kids. her own identity. Yes, it's not part of D anD D. Zoomer. So all of the relationships were done really, really well. But I think the one we need to talk about when we're talking about raves is the relationship between Dustin, Dustin and, and Steve. Steve. The bromance between Dustin um, and Steve. 
that was amazing. It was wonderful. So good. Do um, Dustin is without a doubt an only child. Do you know if Steve is in the story? They never mentioned Steve having siblings. Uh, they don't. It mention. seems like when a when a character does have a sibling, you do see them. I think Steve is an only child. So it's kind of because when his parents were away, there was nobody else. In there the was nobody else one. there. It was he doesn't have siblings. It was really, I don't want to say cute. It was. It, it was, was so cute. endearing. It was heartwarming how they took on these roles. Well, here's how I look at that. Okay. So, season two. Yes. The, the setup, the conceit of this Dustin-Steve pairing. Mm-hmm. Steve's had his heart broken for like a millionth time. Mm-hmm. Nancy has rejected him. Mm-hmm. He's bullshit. Everything's bullshit. Nancy, who he thought was going to be fish in a barrel. Yeah. That was going to be easy. He ended up kind of falling for her. Yep. And then he was the one dad, that got I'm lost. I'm stay in town. Yep. And she outgrew him. Yep. Um, Sad, but happens. It happens. It happens. It happens to us all. Yeah. Relationships are a two-way they, street. They do. Um, and you know, he realizes that he was a, you know, he's been a terrible boyfriend to her. Mm-hmm. He's taken advantage of her and he's, he's just adrift. Yep. Um, and he shows up at the Wheeler's house to give flowers to Nancy and apologize and finds Dustin. Yeah. Who's <laughs> trying to code red, trying to find anybody. anybody. He can't, all of his friends are otherwise occupied. So Will's. Like dealing with the the mind flare, <laughs> dealing with Mike's a lot. Mike's uh, Mike's with Will. With Will, he's very supportive of Lucas Will. In this is season. with Max, mm-hmm. and and Dustin, it, he's on his own. Yep. And the conceit of this is that Dustin is so desperate mm-hmm. that he he enlists. He'll call Steve, Steve for help. Steve Harrington, and what? Steve, and Steve is so destitute and lonely and yep. adrift that he'll go along with it. Mm-hmm. And just the setup of you know standing there with a with flowers in one hand and his manhood in the other. Yep. You know. Yep. Steve, do you still have your bat? What what bat? The bat with the nails in it. Like what other bat? <laughs> I love Let's how go. Dustin, right, right now. Dustin had no time for anybody's shit in this season. Dustin, like the character growth of Dustin that he in in season one, it's like it's okay. I know Lucas is your best friend. I didn't get here until fourth grade. He's part of the group. He's the cleric. He's like, he's he's very immature in many ways. Mm-hmm. And his growth by season two, he's leading the group. Yeah. He and and Mike was the leader of the group because his house was the hangout and yeah. he was the dungeon master. Yeah. Not out of any like Mike being a good leader. Dustin's actually he's the Batman of this group. Whoa. Dustin's the Batman. He's got, he's got a plan. He's got the knowledge, and he's. And he's able to like recognize people's strength. Like Lucas, Lucas, grab your wrist rocket, do recon. Steve, grab your bat. Like we're gonna go to the, we're gonna like he comes up with a plan of like the to get the the chicken to like lure. Oh yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Even initially to like lure Dart into the the storm cellar. Oh Dart. Oh man, this pairing is so great. So the conceit of this is Dustin's so desperate. That he's turning to Steve for help, mm-hmm. and Steve is just needs someone to to find meaning. And, he's and, he's low enough that yeah. he's basically like I will hang fuck out it. with this sure. eighth grader. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, this is this is okay. But and through that, through that, they they have you know they're they go on a, a journey of growth wow. together. 
like a standby me moment of growth mm-hmm. where like Steve opens up and tells him all of his like hair care products mm-hmm. and Dustin like Damn, Steve Harrington's hanging out with me. I'm cool. Yeah. And he's listening to me and he's kind of a badass. And like when they lure Dart, they don't realize there's four Demogorgons, yeah. uh, Demodogs, sorry. Demodog, because Demogorgon, 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 dog. Demodog. Um, when Steve like goes out there to fight Dart, Dustin is just like drool. Like Steve Harrington, my hero. Yeah. Like, Steve Harrington is the coolest guy ever. And I guess this is this and is Dustin my version wants to be Steve. This is my version of your um your you know something that you missed growing right. up. I'm the oldest of my siblings. Right. I don't You're, have an older sibling to look right. up to. I'm the oldest of my generation of my family. Right. So I don't. You know, have like all of your all of your cousins and everything. You're, so, you're the oldest. I'm the oldest. Yeah. So I I look at Dustin in that, and I go, yeah, that's, that's that that's that like that romantic idea of the older male yeah. figure that's not your father, who's just right. like just a step above you that you can right, kind of look up right, to. Right, right, right. That was it. Was wonderful in the truest sense of the word. It was wonderful. Yeah. And I'm so happy that it. It lasted all the way. The whole because season. they, they yeah. easily could have been like they get back to the group and Steve's like, you know, right. you, you know, I didn't. Or like but Dustin's no. like, all right, then I don't the, need you anymore. Then the, the friends lost. come in and 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 now Steve's part of the group. Part of the group of the friends. Right. And and then, you know, he he helps out at the dance. I mean, not at the dance, but he he, he drives, drives Dustin, Dustin to the dance, to the dance. And, 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 and everything gives him like, girl advice. And hair advice. Um so like Steve becomes the, the big, the big brother, brother that we all wanted. Right. And you got to look back at the beginning of season one and Such realize du- realize that you're saying that. Not only would he not have given them, like he would have actively been the bully, making their lives miserable. So I guess that's that's really yeah one of the messages of the show, which is so good, is that it's very and then it's also, very anti-label. I mean, Dustin's over there in the corner right now, like crushed because like he just realized he's not Steve Harrington. Yeah. Downer. Yeah, Fortunately. He's got an answer. You get your friend's hot sister. You get your friend's hot sister. Maybe all the girls are jealous. Yeah. Yeah. We should all be so lucky to like, if our best friend had a hot sister who felt bad for us and made us look cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. You don't have a a older sister for me. I don't. Sorry. Hmm. Podcast over. Podcast. Yeah. (laughs) We're done. But yeah, uh, Steve Dustin relationship. I that was the highlight of season two for me. Absolutely, for me too. It was without a doubt my favorite part of the entire series of a th- of a series that I had a lot of favorite parts from. Yeah, likewise, it's hard for me to say like something was my favorite. Yeah, but that was my favorite. But yeah, thing. that because that made me feel the best. Yeah, that, that was more than just like me recognizing, oh, this is good. Wow, that's really well written. That's right. a great character. That hit me. Yeah, at like an emotional level. Yeah. yeah, right in the feels. Uh, so that you you end up liking it without even realizing you're mm-hmm. liking it. So. And why you're liking it at first. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I have so many, so many raves left, but I will end with this one. Okay. Um, the relationship between Hopper and Eleven. Yeah. Which, uh, and, and they're, they're back and forth. They're two broken people mm-hmm. who are, you know, there's this great, great moment where they have their fight as all parents and children eventually do Mm -hmm. um because you know Elle's not a child anymore that needs protection and she has wants and needs and and hopper like i'm i'm not you know i'm like papa like where she like you know says yeah he's he's as bad as this person who abused her 
her entire yeah, life. Yeah, Papa is from season one. Yeah. He, he's basically the, the scientist the who scientist. He's created the human, and cared the for human her. antagonist. Yeah. Um, and and Hopper says, I I feed, I protect, I teach, um, I keep you safe. Like I'm not. You you think I'm, really I'm evil? Go go do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, if if I'm so evil, um, but through the course of the series, and I, I noticed it in season one, um, Hopper. So in in the first flashback we get of Hopper mm-hmm. with his daughter. Mm-hmm. We see that she's got like a top ponytail. Mm-hmm. She's wearing a blue hair tie, mm-hmm. like a blue scrunchie band. Yeah. Um, right before Hopper, did you? I'm gonna cry. Did you notice this? No, but I know where you're going with it, and I am gonna cry. And I'm before, DJing a middle school dance before Hopper mm-hmm. goes to fight the Demogorgon yeah. in season one. He yeah. calls his ex-wife. He's like, "I just want you to know that." This these were the best seven years of my life. He's playing with it yep. in his hand. Through all of season two, he wears it on his wrist. And then if you if you look out there right now, sketch, mm-hmm. you'll see Eleven and Mike dancing. There they are. She's wearing it on her wrist. Oh. Oh. He gave it to her. Um my heartstrings cannot oh, take any more of this. It's gonna pull a little bit more. I need more Dustin and Steve. Waterworks. Goodness oh, gracious. Like the, I don't think we like, I don't know if we, we realize like what it is Hopper does for Eleven. Um, and in season seven, uh, season seven, ep- season two, episode seven, when she decides to go back and save it, you know, she sees Mike, mm-hmm. but she hears Hopper like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, it's not because of our fight. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I miss you. I want you to know you're okay. And I'm sorry. That, I'm probably going to die in five minutes. I just want you to know I'm sorry. That scene of him talking on the radio to nobody at nope, that point. Yeah. And um, maybe he knows she's listening. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe yeah. he knows he can hear, but he, that he doesn't was, know she's not at the cabin. That was one of the most emotional scenes Oof. of the season. Of the, of the He's entire saying goodbye series. to her. Yeah. Um, and you know she makes the decision that that is home. Yeah. Like a lot of places like a lot of people have said this is home. Yeah. She makes the decision that's home. And I think it helps again to go back to that episode that everyone has a problem with. It it helps to see, you know, she had this idea in her head of mama. Right. Mama's far from perfect. Right. Okay, sister. Right. Sister's far from perfect. Sisters oh, really. People aren't perfect. Right. The people I have are great. Are, yeah. No one's perfect. No one's, no one's going to, you know, I want to be part of that. I want right. to be part of that family because that's the closest I have to perfect. Yeah. They're perfect for me. They're perfect for me. You know? yep. Oh, I'm just so emotional. Oof. Let's play a slow song. Let's, uh, here's, a, here's a fun little tune called Who's Gonna Take Me Home? Oh, we're middle schoolers. Okay. Um, let's leave it at that. I, I, yeah. don't want, I don't want to go any more than there's there's plenty but more like, to rave I, about. I noticed that right away, and I I, I gotta felt go rewatch so great that, because, that I noticed it. Um, that's oh boy, but you know Ooh. what? I'm glad about that. It wasn't like blatant, in and your that's face. like the the great thing about this show because it's yeah. just it's a great the attention to detail in this series and narrative storytelling. It's like you know we we spent five seasons watching shows in the, the Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably hasn't been good since season two. 
but we Let's keep, save it for an arrow episode. Uh, sure, but I will but, agree like, you know, with we, you. We that watch it's a lot downhill. of stuff that it's not always great narrative storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is this is such a great example of a. There's no filler. There, nothing's done with the purpose of like, well, we got to get 22 episodes out. No, so. there's nothing unnecessary. Nothing is unnecessary. Even if you're like questioning the relevance of something, it's going to pay off later. Yeah, have patience. Because we're, it's, we're, we're, worst and foremost. There are a lot of impatient media uh, yeah. consumers. And sometimes we, that's sometimes us. Sometimes we are too, absolutely. Um, but there's, everything is done with purpose in this mm. series. And it's it, it really is, I mean, Hollywood take notice like storytellers take notice because this is the future of storytelling in media um, if you don't have a, a good story then you then you're just wasting you're just advertising fodder yeah uh, and, um, and we're the way we consume media now you're not going to make money if, if you're not telling good stories yeah well there's such a plethora Wait, I mean we could talk about this forever. Well, I was just talking about media. There's such a plethora of media out there. Right. You can really pick and choose what you want, what right. you consume. Pick stories like this. Yeah. Pick pick something that has Please. been so because, carefully and lovingly crafted. Right, because then the producers of this content will fund more of it. Of this, yeah. Um, no, and, we're not saying right. more Stranger Things. We're saying more quality. Right, more quality shows yeah. something because it is a business it, it is without a doubt right. it's a business we have to show as the consumer that we will product we will that we will support it, it right. with our with our patronage right um yeah yeah so it's so good and and just Guys, like this is a deep episode it is such deep i'm i'm gonna go deeper i'm gonna I'm, this is what i'm gonna end on my last rave the and, last rave was the last rave well this is it's not really a rave but just like how well this show like is able to connect with pe- people mm-hmm. on just like different levels. There's this great moment in season two okay. where Mike is talking about how he and Will met. Yes. And they were like, um, two, like I, the story, it's basically like it was the first day of preschool and I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were swinging on the swing. And I asked you if I could be your friend. And you said yes. And that was the best day of my life. Like this very, like, you know, it's like, yeah. that's, that's adorable. But like, it made, like, it made me think of like, um, that this is very similar to the way you and I became friends. Uh, yeah, I was swinging on a swing at college. No, I was watching Young Guns 2 in my room by myself. Yeah. And you randomly watched in, walked in. And I randomly if, walked into a lot of people. And, and oh. asked if you could watch it with me because we didn't, we didn't spend a lot of time together at the no. beginning of freshman year. No. Um, I did. I was not part of your group. No. And that, that's like that, that meeting changed my life. We would not have this podcast. God, this, this is the heartstring episode, it is. guys. This episode like, brought to you by Kleenex Tissues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so absorbent. <laughs> Uh, but like it's such a the show will resonate with you on so many levels because yeah. yeah it's a suspense horror story but like in it's going to resonate with you in in many ways because it's like telling a real story and yeah there's a there's an otherworldly dimension monster but like we all have those moments in our life 
I'm going to go off of something that you just said. Okay. Where we first met, we first kind of became friends and stuff like that. But this episode, it's so deep. deep. This is a sentimental episode. Um, Hollywood. Yes. Focuses on love. Yes. Romantic love. Yes. Fair, fair to say. And lost. Way too much. And lost. Oh, and absolutely lost. But I mean. And exploitation. But. Um, friendship. Yeah. Is no friendship is a given yes. in Hollywood. Right. This character comes with their friends. This character comes with friends. Right. And they're going to fall in love together. Yay! Yay! We never talk about how friends right. are formed. Where friends are forged. Right. right. Stranger Things does that. Yes. Yeah, there's love in the show. Yeah. Absolutely there's love in the show. And there's romantic love. There's love of friendship. Right. Too. It's easier to tell that story because they're children. Right. That helps us. Yes. It's an important story to tell. To tell, yes. All of us have had yeah. friendships forged right. at some point in our life. Not everyone in life has found love. No. Maybe, you know, and you could you could make the claim that maybe um, Hollywood does more of a disservice by romanticizing what falling in love sure. is like. Sure, yeah, like that. absolutely. We need more stories like this where it's a story of friendship. friendship. Let's value right. friendship. Qualities we want to see in other people. Other people that we we want to have as part of our life, people we want to have podcasts with, yeah. <laughs> um, because that is goddamn important, guys. And I'm a damn good babysitter. <laughs> damn good. Um, yeah, we're teachers. We're excellent babysitters. Sometimes it feels like that's all it we really are. Really does. Uh, okay, wait. Well, yeah, I will be get off myself box yeah. for a second. I started to step up there. Uh, okay, so raves done. Great. We we could go on for we raves. Could. For for till the cows come home. Big questions? We can't. I do have one rant. Okay, one rant. Just, oh, sorry. It, this right. is you my tiny, rant. like, little yep. 3% rant. You, you could argue with me. Feel free to. I'm good. This is super nitpicky. But um, th- they introduced a lot of stuff in season two. Yes. M- many more things. Many more stories yep. kind of branched off of our main story. I left. I was left a little wanting on the conclusions of some of these things. Just, sure. just a little wanting. Like, um, I think Billy didn't get enough of a, like, comeuppance. He he got punished pretty good. I wanted him to be punished more for how much I just You wanted him. him to lose his manhood. Sure. A bat right through it. Or, you know, I'm so happy it was Max yeah. that did it. Um, yep. Again, maybe, 13-year-old girls. Maybe more of a public. Be afraid. Maybe more of a, like a public, just whatever. I, I wanted him to be punished more. That's probably thirteen-year-old girls wearing wielding sedatives and bats with nails in them. Be afraid. Yes. Um, everything with eight, I felt happened kind of. I don't think we've seen the last. I, of eight. I agree with you on that. I think we're going to get more of that, good or bad. I don't know, but we're we're going to get more of that. But I guess it makes sense why it was like ended so quickly and right. broke off because we're we're on L's journey. We're not on right. L's journey. Um. I really, I needed some sort of scene between Mike and Max. Yeah. We they didn't have, really get that. Mike they was, have no, they started to have a relationship and they never explored. Yeah. It and, Mike really was apprehensive about Max joining the group at, at the beginning. We already have Elle. Right. She's our mage. We don't need another girl. Blah, blah, blah. Max We've all been Zoomer. children. But, you know, Max proved her worth. Yep. Zoomer. She can drive a Camaro. You didn't really have that, that little scene. You're okay. Yeah. You know, like that. Super minor. We yeah. we finished so many stories like maybe wonderfully. Elle's snap her neck in her sleep. Yeah, like <laughs> we we finished so many things wonderfully that it's so nitpicky for me to right. be like, oh, I, I really needed that. 
doesn't ruin anything for me, but it was just like one I, little I guess my, end. That took you out of the story? A little bit. I okay. mean, it didn't take me out of the story, but then, you know, because it's the Would last Would you say that you were episode. looking for rant, things to rant about? I was certainly looking for rants, but even before I started writing down rants, I noticed it right after everything was done. Okay. Right after the credits That's rolled, I was enough. like, oh, we never got that that moment. That scene. Right. That scene that that it's so ingrained in us that we're right. going to get that scene. Yeah, well, we just didn't get it. In the grand scheme of things. Right. Minor. Okay. But before I was writing things down, it did, you know, cross my mind. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I put it. It's 3% off. Come on. Sure. It's, it's it, You wouldn't even cut out that coupon yeah. if you were going you, you out wouldn't. Uh, 3%. It's minor, minor rant. Okay. That's it. That's your only rant? Yeah. It was, wow. It was okay. great. So uh, big questions. Sure. You have any big questions? Yes. Is I only have two. Papa, Dr. Brenner, mm-hmm. alive? Absolutely. Okay. I 100% believe he's I don't, alive. He got trounced on by a Demogorgon. I think he's going to make he's, it. You think he survived the Demogorgon? I think... I think we'll see him in some way. Okay. How, I do not know. In the same You're capacity saying the that actor will be back. Like we'll no, get, no, no, no. I'm even talking Papa, character? but I... Okay. You know, I wouldn't put it past them that... Um, you don't think, like, Callie will just make her see him? No, but I wouldn't put it past, like, if it's... If it's, like, the Mind Flayer, like, he got pounced on by a Demi-Gorgon. Sure, like, what if he's it, the Mind Flayer. Sure. Okay. Um, I could see that. I don't think we'll have him back ever again as... Brenner, quote-unquote, Popper. Pop, pop. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. What do you got? Um, This one just... This is... This really isn't a big, big question. No, it, 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 I guess it is a big question. It doesn't really have to do Stranger Things, but it happened a lot in Stranger Things that I'm going to bring it up here. Okay. It's a trope. It's yep. a common trope. Can't you kill somebody by just taking random needles and jabbing them that deep into people's necks? Oh, Billy should be dead. But I'm also talking about when Will Joyce be, takes it for Will, Will. Should or, be dead. I mean, she puts like three inches of steel into his neck. Yeah. Willy nilly. No medical training. Yeah. And I mean, that happens in all, in all you, different stories. That, yeah, you gotta, it deposits the idea so that like it's not a vaccine. It's got to get into a vein, and I if you jammed that into somebody's <laughs> neck, they were jamming things would into go, Will willy nilly. No, no pun intended with willy nilly their vein. But I'm thinking like spinal cord. And, That's what I mean. And, yeah, and, it would, uh, and like like uh, break off in your neck. Yeah, Whew. yeah. And it always bothers me. I I TV and media guys. I'm TV. okay with needles. Like I'm okay with getting shots and stuff like that. Because I'm a man. Are you? Shades. Yeah. Uh, but I, it always bothers me when I see that like four, that, uh, four, that four inches of, of wet tissues next to you would see differently. That's from, from <laughs> I have two different piles of wet tissues. Okay, they're okay. for different Oof. purposes. Yikes! Uh, one is for oh. happy tears and one is for sad tears. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you for clarifying um, that. But yeah, it always kind of skews me out when I see a needle go in yeah. that far, that far, and that quickly. Um, to the to the point where I see it so much, I'm like. Okay, everyone's step back. That would kill people, right? Well, I gotta wonder if it would even go into your skin. I would. I like, would have loved it. Would it would just tear. I would have loved it if, like, point. if like they right. put it into Will's neck, but she put it in like so deep it like came out the back of his neck. It was just like spraying the liquid into the space Yikes. behind him. That would. That just got funny. Kind of dark. Kind of quick. No, no, he's fine. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a big question? Yes. How many years will season three jump? I think they will be. I'm going to say four. Yeah. To like their seniors in high school. Yeah. Okay. I think that's, that's I, what I'm going to say. I think that's, that's a I'm fair thinking. guess. Okay. 
Uh, and I think we're going to find that the group has naturally parted ways a little yeah. bit. Grown apart. And something's going to happen that brings them, brings them back together. Mm-hmm. Which means Steve is like... Steve is like 20-something. Yeah. Great. Can't wait. And Billy will, will um, be a father with, uh, yeah. with Mike's half-brother. Yikes. Okay. That mom was thirsty. Yikes. Yeah. She, terrible parents. Yeah. Terrible parents. Do you have a big question? Yeah. This one really bothers me. Okay. On a rant, I guess. Where the fuck did they get off? <laughs> Giving Barb a funeral, but not Bob. Not Bob. Yeah. Everyone loved Barb. And I... I don't really know why. I didn't dislike Barb, uh, yeah. but I was but I was always like, why does everyone love, love Barb? Barb, yeah. Bob? Bob Bar- okay, Barb was a great guy. Oh, Bob great, great girl. saved them. Bob, Legit. Bob was in it way longer. Right. He was way more into the story. He sacrificed himself. No funeral. No one would have survived without him from the building. Right. He, okay, he I, gets a picture. Will draws him a picture. Will draws him a picture. Well, I think because the only reason they have to acknowledge Barb is because of the news story. I agree they have to acknowledge Barb. They can't. I think Bob gets swept under the rug. Yeah, and that So they weren't allowed me. to have a funeral. Well, you know, Bob gave really bad advice, and I think oh, the moral of the story here we is go. you give bad advice, you get okay. eaten by a demodog. Okay. Long-time Demi- listeners. Demogorgon. Dog. Demodog. 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 Um, long-time listeners. Feel free to weigh on this debate with us. Yeah, Shades and I are having that. a debate. Shades blames Bob for the advice he gave Bob to Will. Bob gave Will terrible advice. And my argument is he gave Will advice not knowing the whole story. He made up a story about Steve. Here's the thing. He didn't even stand up to Mr. Baldo. He's referencing Stephen King's It. He made it up 100%. He never had that experience. He gave okay. bad advice. Okay. Bad advice. You're not following your own advice. Bad advice. You have to look back. This was the 80s. <laughs> Okay. The advice you give is you stand up for yourself when these when when someone's coming after you. Terrible advice. Not bad advice if it was legitimately you lay a bully down on the ground or something. And show them your stomach. Talk about bad advice. Bad advice. Uh-oh. We're guess, going to lose I guess I'm demogorgon. We're going now. to lose like 20 longtime listeners to bear attacks. Ugh, because what do you do? You lay back on your back and show them well, your stuff. Wait a minute. If it's a grizzly bear, that's actually what you do. You like lay down. You're supposed to curl up. Yourself and, you have like, to you have to curl yourself to protect your dead. organs. Yeah. You're saying lay out with your stomach open, like, here's all my meaty bits. <laughs> Makes for good media, but yeah, I'm rubbing a, my if meaty it's bits. A black bear, you make yourself as Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't see color. What? <laughs> A bear is a bear. Okay. This is 2017. At this dance, we have polar bears, black bears, panda bears, koala bears, gummy bears. I apologize for my racist overtones. Thank you. Boy, that's like two episodes in a row with racist (laughs) overtones from Shades. Write in. Go with Shades and Sketch at gmail.com. I don't even have to make these up anymore. Okay. (laughs) Um, That's it for my big questions on Stranger Things. Okay. Dustin, yes, Dustin, and Steve, and Steve, and Hopper. Yep, your three favorite characters all escape the demodogs. Mm-hmm. Demogorgon, dog, demodog, yep, demodog. demodog. Got it. Uh, at different points, mm-hmm. Dustin and Hopper both get sprayed in the face and ingest like mind flare goo. Yeah, like the spores. The spores. Mm-hmm. Dustin then gets the crew to safety mm-hmm. when. Dart. Uh, Dart 
kind of corners them. They have this moment where he gives them a baby Ruth, the nougat. Uh, three Musketeers. Three, uh, thank you. Three Musketeers. Very important distinction. Very, very important distinction. Um, three Musketeers, the nougat. They have this moment. Yeah, sorry about the storm, storm solo. It was a dick thing to do. I was super bummed when Dart, Dart didn't make it. Didn't make it. Yeah. Well, my question is, is the real reason that Dart let them pass, that the Demodogs, Demogorgon, Dog, Demodog, Demodog, got it, uh, does not feast upon Hopper, mm-hmm. feast upon Dustin, mm-hmm. because they recognize them as part of the Mind Flayer. And the only reason that they are not injured when, when they sever the tie and attack the Demodogs and whatnot is because uh-huh. the, the spores haven't matured in them in the same way that they had in Will. I see where you're going. Because the, the Duffers don't do anything mm-hmm. willy-nilly. There's definitely a reason. No, they were blatantly sprayed in the face with spores. Yep. That's going to come back at some point. It is going to come back. Is that the reason why the Demi-Dogs... Again, Demi-Gorgon. Dem, Demi-Gorgon. Dog. dog Demi-Dog. Demi-dog. Uh, is that the reason why they left them alone? I I don't agree with that part of your question, okay. of your theory. I do think it's going to come back. Sure. The spores in the face. Okay. I really think the whole thing with the with Dustin not getting eaten by Dart. And I, maybe this is just me wanting to want this, is that they, he did make a connection. He was able to transcend yeah. uh, that by doing what he did able to, to transcend transcend darts uh, lust for human sweet sweet human, human sweet, flesh pink human flesh um and plus i mean it's a three musketeers i mean you you go three musketeers human flesh with three musketeers it's three musketeers every day of the week three musketeers in top 3 uh no no it's not in my top 3 i like nougat but it's I not my favorite three musketeers i, I got to go no, no. Reese's, Twix, Snickers. Sorry, didn't make it. Um, so to answer your big question, Crunch Bar, Twix. I guess it's not mine. Top yeah, three either. I'd put it in my top five, though. Top five, definitely. Um, to answer your question, I'm going to I'm going to say half right, nah, half no. Okay. Half yes, it's going to come back. Mm, don't think that's why the demi dogs left. Gorgon, right? Dog, demi dog, demi dog. Um, I don't think that's why. And I think I'm really basing that on I just want there to have been that connection. Sure. With Dart. Okay. And that it's not hive mind related. I'm with you. So uh, that brings us to recommendations. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Hope you uh, enjoyed that. And you enjoy Stranger Things. And guys, I hope you enjoyed us because yeah. we really Woo. laid ourselves out for this one. I am feeling vulnerable. Times recommendations, recommendations, okay. Shades and sketch recommendations. You first, please. Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, a, another comic by um, Brian K. Vaughn, uh, Why the Last Man, which uh, tells the story of Yorick uh, and his quest across the United States, trying to understand why he has survived when every other male mammal on the planet has perished. Only males? Only males. Oh. All, of, all of the women have inherited the earth. Okay. And, uh, As they should, am I right? Yeah, and uh, Yorick and his capuchin monkey ampersand are the only Is his capuchin monkey a male too? Oh, okay. Left on planet earth. Interesting. I'm going to have to pick this up because I'm is, most interested to see why the monkey also survived. It is a fantastic jaunt through uh, pop culture and uh, comic. That sounds fun. It's an original story. It's not a superhero book. It's uh, just a good time. 
That is fun. Yeah. I'll check that one out. Cool. Okay. Uh, my recommendation is... I actually have two. Can I do two quick sure. recommendations? Okay. They're, they're both kind of um, oddball. A little, little oddball. But they both fit in nicely with Stranger Things. The first thing I'm going to recommend is another television show that takes place in the 80s that I've been watching okay. a lot of lately, um, which I did not think I was going to like, and I just kind of stumbled ap- across it, The Goldbergs. Have you heard of The Goldbergs? I've heard of it. It's a, it's a sitcom. It's a comedy. It's yep. funny. I did not think I was going to like it. I effing love it. Okay. I think it's hilarious. It does. It's very different from Stranger Things. Sure, yeah. But they do a very good job of the main character is a nerd, mm-hmm. a geek. And it, it really brings back that like excitement. Like we're we're too old to remember the excitement of right. like some of these things coming out. They do a great job of like capturing what it was like to be excited when you know Return of the Jedi came out sure. in theaters for the first time or or anything like that. And they also do a good job of You mean we're too young. Well, yeah, I mean I was two. So You said too old. Well, we're too old to remember to yeah, too young. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, they also do a good job, just like Stranger Things, of like bringing in a lot of these old Obscure. products like that yeah, you man, we didn't even talk about the video games in the arcade that you wouldn't you wouldn't think these things would have survived in any way that they could use them as right. props on television shows and it's it's oh, fantastic yeah. to see them so um give the goldbergs a shot i laugh a lot sure. while i watch it and it's in the vein of the 80s like okay. this what's number two the other recommendation i need to recommend is uh my favorite band bare naked ladies. ladies they just dropped their latest album oh really called fake nudes uh fake li- nudes fake wow nudes Okay. Uh, I think a little play on the fact that their name is Bare Naked Ladies, yes. and they are not, in fact, Bare Naked Bare, Ladies. Or, or ladies. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, it actually dropped yesterday. Wow. So I listened to the whole thing on my way up here a couple, couple times. And uh, it kind of fits in this niche really well because it does have like a little bit of like an older uh, kind of folksy but funky feel of music that would fit pretty well. I think okay. in this genre of 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 time of pop cultureness, um, it's just a great album. So I'd recommend it. Bare Naked Ladies, Fake, fake nudes, nudes, and the Gold Goldbergs. Birds. Those are my two recommendations. Okay, of the week. Should we uh, start packing Goko? I think this. Uh, I think Snowball's breaking down. We're gonna play one you know, last sl- slow song for the for the childrens. Here's a tune from uh, Hit. New movie, Breakfast Club. Don't you forget about me. That's a good song to end on. Yeah. And guys, yeah. don't you forget about us. Yeah. And uh, uh, if you're a fan of the show, uh, please leave us a rating and review uh, in the iTunes store. It really does do so much to boost the profile of the show. And we laid our our, our hearts we really out did. for you today, Oof. guys. Left it all on the field. You know now we're we're real people. Yeah. With real holes to fill. If you disagree with. Uh, with our ratings or anything we've said about uh, Stranger Things, please write into the show. Go with Shades and Sketch at gmail.com. You can uh, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Shades and Sketch. And you can find us on Facebook. Yeah. Geeking out. Uh, well, help me uh, grab that Snowball 84 sign. Sure. Yeah. That'll look great over the mantle. Yeah. The giant, giant mantle. mantle that we have. <sighs> Woo hoo. All, All right. right, guys. Um, See you next time. See you next time. If you'd like to take a more active role in supporting Geeking Out, visit us at patreon.com slash shades and sketch. 
Our website is shows.acast.com slash geeking out. You can email the show at gowithshadesandsketch at gmail.com or contact us through Facebook or Twitter. Geeking Out is a production of Tree Cave Creative, LLC. All rights reserved, 2020. Yeah.